sake. Hello there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Pradi once again and this is episode 1 of season 4 of the mainstream main FFS series. Um I probably had to say that because we have other series going on as part of the podcast uh, but this is the main one. This is the one we began with. This is the one that's continued for four seasons and yeah so if for those of you who are joining us for the first time wanting to know what this series is about So in this series we talk to guests about the breaking news or the top stories in the world of football. But I suppose we've started to also progress to topics that people don't really speak about or sort of off field topics like we try to call them uh left field off field whatever you want to call it uh where we kind of take on taken a topic that is n- not really in the mainstream media something that we probably came up with in discussions uh, with each other and yeah we just thought why not voice it out in the public and get your thoughts on that i mean it's always a great idea right voice your opinions in public who's ever going to say no to that um and who's ever going to criticize that like come on like social media they're going to enjoy this they're going to have a field day with all of this um but all right so talking about today's topic and this is one of the left field topics that um we we i think it's perfect to start off the season with it uh, it's something that we started even last year and a couple of years before so today's topic is talking about manager academies um i'll explain that in a little while later but the topic basically came about when alankrit who you can see on here or if you're listening to this on the audio podcast because this series is the only one that is available in an audio version So if you're listening to it so Alankrit and I we sort of discussed this at suppose when uh Nagelsmann left for Bayern I think Jesse Marsh came into yeah RB Leipzig yeah and we were talking about you know how Red Bull have this sort of they have these managers who they can simply just pluck out from any of their sister clubs and hire as their own so I mean Leipzig being the biggest of the Red Bull brands and then they you sort of can pick it up from uh you know Salzburg or New York or any of these sister clubs and they always have somebody ready uh ready made for the type of job it may or may not work that's a different point but they already have someone they don't have to spend months in sort of doing an interview process now that sort of kind of uh, started the discussion and we slowly went through talking about how sort of like in formula 1 where red will have these academies where or in football where they have these player academies where they have players who you know they train develop and then they are ready for the main teams um and the bigger teams so is it possible to do that for managers and what is the likelihood that that is that will happen in the future where we not only invest in managers uh you know just general public not general public uh, or invest in establishing managerial academies you know and then taking ownership of people of uh, the candidates careers and see them through the entire entirety of their contract or even longer and then you know have fun with that sort of have fun with playing around with people's lives uh, uh, you know taking them to different clubs how, developing them and then of course over time commercializing them probably sell them to the highest bidder or trade them with another club for another manager you know so that's that's kind of discussion that we're going to pr- 
probably have over the next hour or so. So that's you know, about we're giving we're giving FIFA free ideas for their next video game, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, knowing EA, um, they'll probably add it and then they'll probably charge us. The people who gave us, yeah. gave them the edit, they'd probably charge us for that. And um, yeah, that's going to be typical electronic arts and EA sports. So yeah, they should, that's exactly the manager mode or manager career, right? Uh, when they say take player, take uh, charge of the, or create your own manager and then start their journey. We're talking way, way before that. So like double the prequel, House of Dragon style prequel, you know, 120 years before the actual events happen. So, uh, yeah, we, we're going to be talking about that. And to help me talk and discuss about this, we've obviously got Alankrit because it is the birth child of our ideas. So, Alankrit, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad we can have you on here. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself to people who haven't seen you in the umpteen number of podcasts that you've already been on. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great to be back on the podcast. So yeah, for guys who are like new listeners, um, I've been on the podcast over the last couple of seasons quite often. Fine fan, um, bit over a decade since I started watching football, and Bayern's always been the club that's stolen my heart. You could say, yeah, great, great watching them. We can't complain with the with the treble and the sex couple and everything. So yeah. Good, good, good journey so far. Awesome, great. And when I spoke to Alankrit about talking about this, uh, about potentially recording this particular podcast episode, I thought, yes, we're doing something left field. And of course, there's only one other person who we've ever done left field topics with, and that is Arjun. And I also thought it'd be sort of uh, great because we did a, an entire episode on uh, the Red Bull model and RB Leipzig and, you know, the whole Red Bull model in football. So I thought, great. So we it started off with something that was sort of focusing on Red Bull. We've expanded it now a lot more. I thought, yeah, need to get Arjun on this. Uh, I'm glad that he's on here. And so Arjun, welcome back to the podcast. Um, glad to have you on here. It's been a while though. I think, uh, of course, we didn't, after November last year, didn't do any podcast since then. Uh, glad to have you on here. And why don't you tell us a bit, a bit about yourself? Yeah, happy to be back. Uh, thanks for having me back. I think it's now season four and I've been here since season one where we did the first one on Atalanta. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I think that was the first, Red Bull was the second and then now. So yeah, I'm pretty happy to do topics which are kind of, yeah, not, not so mainstream also. And yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan. I've been an Arsenal fan since 2009. And uh, yeah, kind of happy times now. So also, is, I think is that the new jersey? jersey? <laughs> yeah, the new one. Yeah, the new one, the new one. Like I've heard that all three jerseys are sold out this year. So at least uh, they're doing something, right? Yeah, I that no. I mean, come on. This year it's actually been a decent season so far for Arsenal. I think to watch uh, Arsenal right now, it, it's not it's not a headache or it's not a burden. And yeah, yeah the kits make it even more. A, even more of a pleasure to watch. I think those three kits were probably the best kits of this year. Even Bayern's were equally good. So I think. Yeah, I saw the uh, Oktoberfest kits. Those look really nice. Oh, those look yeah. so good. I'm like tempted. They're to... so good. Yeah. I yeah. really want to get one of those. But yeah. Yeah, let's see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, then maroon and gold. It's like Gryffindor colors. It's yeah. so nice. So, um, last year right. it was uh, yeah. green and gold. And 
I think Adidas this year have realized that fans are coming back. So my theory is they've elevated their kit game. They've they've upped their game. They've actually yeah. upped their game. Nike, on the other yeah. hand, is uh, I don't want to say it. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not been the best best year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Adidas definitely upped their game. All right. So let's talk about. This guy. So what we're going to do is we start off with what the current scenario is with managers, how they are sort of supported by clubs that they've either played for in the past or have managed for a temporary time. And then we'll transition to talking about what the future would look like, whether these clubs would look at establishing their own managerial institutions in the near future, where they would you know, oversee candidates whether it be ex-players or even the public come in they you know train for their coaching badges and then we'll talk about all of that and then we probably ended with talking about how the market would be for managers whether it be similar where you know if you want a manager you can still ask for it the club will have you buy out their contract and then you you get them or, or rather the club has to pay off the contract the club that's selling the manager has to pay off the contract so like we've seen a tons of times with Jose Mourinho. So it's it's stuff like that. All right, so let's talk about what the current scenario is. And Arjun, I want to get your thoughts on this like so as far as you know, what is the environment that managers are now in like in terms of how clubs sort of support and develop them, you know, what is what is the condition right now? Yeah, right now I think there is like a lot of promise especially because football as a sport is becoming more and more like they're trying to perfect it so i think there's more money into the sport with some teams so like again like red bull as we talked about man city as we spoke with the city group they have so much money that they're trying to actually create not only a conveyor belt for players but also a conveyor belt for like managers and right now you have jesse march marco rose like so many managers have come in who have been part of the Red Bull Academy. Um, from Man City, like, if Guardiola leaves one day when he does, I've been hearing that the next two people who are in line for that job are Arteta and Vieira, who have also been part of that setup. So, you know, they also like to recruit within that setup. But I think money is the main uh, factor that prevents other clubs from doing it right now as well. But it, it does have promise and I think that also kind of shows how, you know, you have to invest now to uh, have a better, uh, like, have a be- like balance your books better, like, five, ten years down the line. Like, even using Man City as an example, right? Because they, what, took over in 2008-2009 and one of the yeah. first things they did was invest in the academy. Like, invest in the training setups in Man City. They didn't go around spending a billion on players instantly they first said okay let's revamp the training ground revamp the facilities and even the players who have been there like company and all of them have spoken like very well about how man city have gone about that rebuild and right now i think when clubs have been bought out like newcastle i think they're using that as a model to you know uh follow and go ahead with that so right now there have been more and more clubs who have this model where they're making football more accessible to the general public. So, yeah, you and I can join courses for, like, any part of football, not just management, but, like, even if it's analytics or, yeah, data or any of this, scouting, you can just join. Like, there are universities, there are courses where you can go and you can join. 
and i think it is becoming more and more accessible but i don't think it's becoming accessible from clubs like for example a liverpool arsenal or bayern munich don't have these systems as far as i know where you can directly go and recruit you know directly uh, go and go to their yeah. academies and recruit like this but i think there are third party companies who do that and a lot of uh, yeah not really management but even like data positions are kind of remote uh, a lot of scouts are also quite remote so it's not uh, not that every uh, hire is in person in the campus in the training center of the club I mean, so but that that's the best part right to be at arsenal football club to be involved there i think yeah i mean the remote thing is great in terms of being accessible but yeah. ideally i i want to be at anfield or i'd want to be yeah. in liverpool's office in liverpool itself at least where i have some chance of meeting them but <laughs> yeah i i i'll understand i understand uh, you know, what you're saying and fair enough i think that is sort of true in what the current situation is but alankrit i arjun mentioned you know man city and all that but i suppose the real pioneers in this entire situation that we talk ourselves in is your friendly neighborhood rb leipzig um yeah you know rb leipzig right uh, bundesliga's favorite child the the <laughs> black not i wouldn't say the, even the blacks the golden sheep of the everybody loves an rb leipzig yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah everybody loves an rb leipzig don't don't they but yeah like to be fair they are the sort of ones that came up with or the mm. ones that i remember who've come up with the the model of having sister clubs clubs that not only are in the same league who are not in the same league but in different league where they can i won't say exploit is being a little harsh on them but sort mm-hmm. of in uh, invest develop and then utilize yeah. them in the right way and i want to get your thoughts on the current situation that we find ourselves with with managers yeah so uh, red bull initially started off with just that one team in austria because you know they're from austria and they will they they know how to function in sport because they have various sport investments uh, and they went from clubs they they moved to america because they thought that's a huge market and the mls was coming up and that's where they first i think got that idea of hey you know what that there's talent here and if we develop this talent we can bring that talent over to europe and that's probably going to be cost effective because no one's looking at america for talent in in specific because everybody back in say 2008 2009 focused in spain croatia maybe england portugal like just you know the main european continent or in south america where football's already established you have these conservative not conservative but traditional sort of youth systems and schools and notable sort of people who are trustworthy in finding talent but rb when they went to america they saw that there's obvious talent here and we can recruit them for cheap because no one's looking at us and they sort of flew under the radar when all this was happening because one club that was was also doing something similar to this was chelsea but they partnered with sister clubs like vitesse where they they would buy like random talent that you know like really good talent across europe like marco van hinkel he was bought by chelsea i think he made two appearances for them maybe like few very few yeah. but he he had a stellar career at at vitesse and he, he even loaned out to ac milan i think they finally sold him to ac milan so they made a profit on the sale chelsea was doing this they were buying talents from europe they they had a good academy and they would constantly loan them out 
that was like their business model. They would like get these guys for cheap. They wouldn't even invest in them because they sell them out to sister clubs, and then they sell them for like a prop. So Chelsea was doing something similar. RB tried to to like you know use the same concept but in a different way, and I think that can be adapted to managers as well because when you see the City Football Group, RB, whatever they're doing, they they what they're giving exposure to coaches to one manage in a league where there's not too many eyeballs on you so there's not much pressure of course you have pressure to deliver results but you also have the time to you know work from like with the with the group without having to worry about ego clashes and mentality and media and all that so you 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 have your mind focusing on getting your tactics and your philosophy through and that's really helping these coaches establish a name so now the the current manager for Salzburg I can't get his name but he's touted as the next Nagelsmann simply because he's young and he's also doing a stellar job and Nagelsmann was not an RB product by any means but he's yeah. he did so well there and he was the first coach that a big club like an elite powerhouse in Europe bought out of a contract paid 30 million to get his services like so that was like i guess the uh gold standard sort of recognition that rb was looking for because they wanted validation to see if that model is working and they knew it was working for their own recruitment but now they know that it's working for you know like a global market space so now they can definitely invest in more coaches i'm sure this new coach might also get bought out of his contract if he keeps delivering good performances like you you you're always going to have teams with more money wanting to get players data analysts yeah. whoever from a smaller team like no disrespect but a team that's not in the same league as the other so yeah i think like rb is definitely found a space in the market they bided their time and they they're now reaping the rewards yeah and it's it's so amazing to see what i mean rb is basically just a sports drink that's all red bull yeah. was and yeah. the fact that we're using them as a sort of model in sports not only whether it be uh, football whether it be formula 1 you know it's it's insane to see the sort of dynasty that detrick has built you know it's and like mm. you mentioned i think as opposed i forgot about chelsea but yeah i think chelsea's partnerships were again a huge sort of revelation yeah. at that point of time where you know they partnered with any sort of club in europe who would be willing to take their loanies and they had i, I don't know i think yeah, Arjun, lot, you might know the figures but you had we had tons at least i'm pretty sure more than 50 or loanies at some point mm. out from chelsea at one of these clubs um but yeah I, in terms of like what you said nagelsman being bought i feel like that was sort of the indication where i think our topic began which was you know if someone is willing to buy out a manager for 30 odd million clearly someone like as business savvy as Dietrich or someone with like like RB Leipzig would be go like hang on if that's possible now i'm not saying that's foolproof that you know the next manager who comes in will also be bought out for i mean the next one who came in wasn't really successful uh, Jesse Marsh wasn't that successful at Leipzig got sold to Leeds and i mean he's doing quite well he's doing decent over there uh, actually no they got relegated since not really. No, no, they didn't get relegated. No, he's there. No, yeah. yeah, I he's get there, confused. He's there. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They he's survived there. on no, the last day. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, they did. So he's there. 
doing a decent job or whatever however you want to call it of course players being sold and a completely different story but talking about the there see, i suppose this is the crux of the matter which is if there is a market for managers and people willing to pay whether it be 30 odd million i don't know jose's people have spent god knows how much on jose mourinho just to buy out his pochettino i think also was bought out of his contract um or rather, rather paid off because spurs had to terminate ஒருத்தர்ஸ் where we are right now where clubs are supporting from a liverpool's perspective also like gerard we i know there's a stock of if klopp leaves gerard will succeed it doesn't seem like it given his recent aston villa stint but i think you know the club has supported him throughout his entire journey whether it be helping him uh, coach under the uh, coach for the under 19 he did pretty well there he then they kind of then allowed him or let him go to rangers and then supplied him with a couple of our academy graduates as well like shay ojo went to rangers uh, ryan kent went to rangers so we kind of do help or keep have kept an eye out for him um aston villa i i suppose danny ings going there probably was uh, some sort of help coutinho i don't know how much help we were to that but i'm sure th- uh, the fact is that right now what we see are clubs supporting managers are probably helping them out in some way throughout their managerial career but they're not directly sort of invested in them so we don't see manchester city kind of having a contract with patrick bias viera saying you are our property or as in like you are a manchester city managerial uh, academy academy manager sorry or whatever you want to however you want to call it academy candidate so we tell you where to go or if you have to go if someone wants you they have to come talk to us like he is free to do whatever but right now you know we are monitoring your pro- your uh, career we are monitoring your journey and if you do well you know we'd love to talk to you at that point of time the same thing with arteta you know we've seen i think manchester city if it wasn't for arteta i don't think would have sold uh, gabriel jesus and zinchenko for that cheap to arsenal um i think there was probably some leave come on you you got jesus and some at least jesus for what 40 million i mean i think jesus, jesus like in that situation he had like one year left on his contract so 40 million in this market for a player with one year left is okay and zinchenko wanted to only go to arsenal like despite other clubs being interested so i think the price was fair but like moving like aside a little bit i think it's it's more of a win win from like the club's perspective like for man city in this situation like to have like a player or manager say okay i can hone my skills in the mls or in australia or i can hone my skills in liga or in in uh, la liga with uh, girona and then get experience there where as as he said like out of the limelight and then hone your skills a bit more a bit more and then join the the jewel that's like man city and that's exactly the same thing that red bull have done because so many of their players they switch from salzburg to leipzig or like other teams in the mls to leipzig and then 
now Jesse March has taken Tyler Adams to Leeds. So, like, like examples like this, you know, where it's a win for the club that's getting the manager because eventually they know that it is a it is a set product. It is a verified uh, product coming from a system that can be trusted because the manager, the players, whoever it is, have learned to play in a certain style. And all of these teams play in a certain way. So they've been coached that throughout their career. And when they move to those clubs, they expect that. So even Jesse March with Leeds, the signings he has, although he has lost like big players like Rafinha or um, um, who's the midfielder? Uh, Calvin, Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips. Like, yeah. They've signed like very good players. They've signed Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson. Like, these players are actually very, very underrated players who have come to the Premier League. And they are showing... like. They are putting up a very good show right now. Like, if if you have watched Leeds play, like, people thought they'd struggle on after Bielsa left, but they've been doing well. Like, you know, so yeah. so respect them for doing that in the Premier League. Like, uh, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, people I, 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 was, yeah. I think the Leipzig thing was a short stint anyway, so you couldn't really judge him from that. But he done well in Salzburg. Um, he also had Erling Haaland for a no. Did he have Berlin? Yeah, he did, I think, right? Yeah, yeah Salzburg had him, Minamino uh, and all the... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, all those guys. I, I, I'm not sure if Sadio Mane was there when he was... No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, Mane, Mane wasn't... Yeah, Mane was Salzburg, but Mane was Leipzig. Uh, Keita yeah. was, I think, Leipzig. So, yeah. So, I think yeah. he left a long time ago, right? Like, Mane left quite a while ago. Yeah, I think it was Salzburg, around 2014 yeah. when Mane left Leipzig. I mean, uh, Salzburg. Salzburg. I think a little early because he had Southampton that he... Southampton and then Liverpool. Yeah. Then uh, Liverpool, yeah. So, yeah. and he joined us in 2015, 2016, 2015, 16. Yeah. So, but anyway, like, let's talk, like Arjun mentioned, it's a win-win. Now, from a cost perspective, of course, for, I know we were talking about uh, clubs sort of buying out contracts and all that, but... Say, for example, there is a managerial academy that's going on with for Man City have a managerial academy of their own and they are pumping out manager after manager. For them, I suppose the there is I mean the, the cost decreases a lot. Yes, you invest now, you save yourself later on. So that's again what I think what Arjun mentioned. So uh I I won't get your thoughts on that, Alan, and then we'll probably move on to the current the next phase which is talking about where we kind of see it so would would you would you agree that like these managerial academies actually could just prove to be a win-win situation for everyone yeah yeah i do because um let's take the city football group as an example they have like eight clubs now but um when they first started buying a sister club i think was new york was their first one then they bought melbourne city uh they have almost one in every and then they have mumbai as well, yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, so one club in every almost focal point, like there's Palermo, there's Girona, there's New York. I'm, I'm not sure if they have one in, in Latin America, but there's almost one in every continent. So what that gives them is the advantage of, say, hire like a coach from there into another sister club or help him, help this coach by, you know, if he goes joins, like, for example, Celtics manager right now, Ange. I, I yeah, Foster, Foster, something. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an Australian guy who managed Yokohama, which is 20% owned by the City Football Group. So now he's at Celtic. And of course, if he ever needs transfer help, he can always approach the City Football Group, scout someone from 
you know, Girona, Palermo, or Yokohama itself, get get that talent on. So the club will support him in his career because they want to see this guy how how he can perform with you know the kind of resources he wants. So once he once the manager gets the resources he wants, you more or less always tend to do better because you know you ask for this player, you have that understanding. Now you get him to play the way you want, and it suits your style. So you're going to get. Hopefully, you're going to get results. More or less, it works. So when he's getting the results, they get to see if, how he's developing, how he's managing the team, and he's moved from Japan now to Scotland, which is, I mean, it's a be- slightly better league. So maybe the next time he's he wants to move, City may be like, hey, why not come join Palermo? Like, you know, it's it's not Celtic, but probably like at a better level, like it's at Serie A or come join Girona, it's in La Liga. So you keep moving on, and then he keeps learning. So it's a win-win, and he can take players from Celtic into Girona. He can take players from Yokohama into Girona. So that that sort of network that they establish, it works for players too, because you know they also get that level up in their career. They get exposure mainly, and who knows? Maybe they may not move into a city football group team, but they they can move to another team, which is probably also in the limelight. So you know, it's it's like a platform like you know think of it like as a watch you know, it's like a physical linkedin that's just really in front of your eyes that's what's exactly happening here yeah um all right so let's let's move on now to now the the concept of establishing your own managerial academy or an academy for managers arjun mentioned like there are currently now only third party schools and colleges that offer not only for let's okay let's only stick to i know there are like courses for sports data analytics and all of that but you talk about managers so there are certain certified fifa certified or ufo certified accredited credited uh nearly i knew i was just gonna mess it up but accredited uh, like universities or institutions out there that will that you know that if you go in there you are not only ga- like not guaranteed but you know you're in a official setup where if you're going to earn your badges they are you know they are at a certain standard that is acceptable to every uh, club out there it's not like your i i don't know if you guys i'm pretty sure you guys were alive back there but there used to be this guy called arindam chaudhary like in india long time back and he used to have this ii something okay uh and it it was the most shadiest of uh, institutions back then uh but it it kind of you know look presented itself as like the IIM of Bangalore like the Indian Institute of Management but it wasn't so it was not that so but if you're going in, so there, there are already these third party setups now there now i suppose we will probably look at it from three points of view so one is the club that is going to set up these establishments so what is the benefit that you're going to get what are the what are the expenses that you're going to incur of course there are a lot of these expenses in terms of you know cost of building something like that getting the accreditation i don't know how difficult or how easy that is and whether you know they actually are if people or candidates going into that are actually worth investing in so that's we talk about that so that's from a club that's investing we'll talk about club uh, we'll talk about the clubs who would probably benefit or not as a result of uh, not being able to establish those institutions uh, so even clubs who are probably lower end of either the premier league or any of the leagues right like the smaller clubs are uh, the less financially rich clubs who 
cannot afford to not only establish their own but even invest in these in in already existing institutions so how are they going to benefit or what are they how are they going to lose out on and the third one are we going to talk about the managers themselves as to what are the benefits that they can see from joining a club established institution or what are the costs of it all right so let's start off with talking about the club itself the main club who is going to set it up so whether it be rb leipzig whether it be manchester united okay actually it's not going to be manchester united but let's like let's go be manchester city or arsenal uh, or chelsea so one of the, or even like a bayern munich barcelona real madrid okay barcelona again i mean financially not the greatest right now but say one of these clubs opens it up right so alankrit uh, what are the benefits that you see we've already mentioned certain win-wins and all of that but purely from a club's perspective that is going to establish this what are the benefits that you see from opening up institutions where you you know hire not only hire but you offer these these courses for the general public and ex players as well and then sort of look at it that way in so the the kind of parallel i can draw is um you know when you're in your work life you 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 have got that because you did some sort of official education like you might have gone to university or you might have done a very internationally recognized certificate like cpa or whatever like you know whatever your field demands you to and that's what is getting you your six figure seven figure paycheck every month so that's what that's that's your main wow. thing. every month wow every month, sorry, every <laughs> I wish every, I wish <laughs> every year sorry yeah which is this yeah. organization and I want to join that right now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the yeah, Newcastle no. United football club but yeah exactly um yeah. uh yeah so what these big clubs can do with a lot of money is what they're offering is UEFA FIFA have their own licenses which they recognize but when you have the sort of financial reserves like a city or an RB or seven ban unique or uh, newcastle united you have this you have you, you have the training ground already you you have the world network out there you you have like good standing in the market so you you're going to know where to do what to do and how to set it up so that's not really going to be a challenge so once you do that and you already know what uefa requires coaches to go through or fifa yeah. requires coaches to go through so you can then offer say completely different sort of thing like how coursera or google offers you like courses to do online in like certain aspects but like this way you can take up everything on your box and then ultimately you can just go and tell uefa like hey see whatever you're doing in your course these guys have already done in my school and it's probably even up to standard or better than what you have because we have you know so much more infrastructure that we can I set can up i can guarantee the first person is going to say that's perez <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He Brontino you know, is going to straight away say yeah. like let's close down UEFA. I was actually uh, looking at doing something in sports management a couple of years back and I think Real Madrid has a tie up with a school in Spain to do football management and football analytics. Like yeah, it's a you're right. I was sport. also looking to this very yeah. recently and Real Madrid offer a yeah. course for yes. exactly this. So I am yeah. sure that he has already thought this. He's like, you know what? Like, like they, they kicked yeah. out Super League. I'm going to kick them out. Like, kick them. Yeah, but I think I think like with the Super League, like if if that does happen, 
like that will give a club like real madrid a chance yeah. to actually do this because yeah. they have the ability to you know buy a few more sister clubs they have enough investment with the university tie-ups that they already have yeah. they they need and also like if they don't offer a you know a course for being first team manager you know they offer a course for yeah. even managers get like okay they either specialize in sports medicine or scouting or you know they specialize in one of yeah. those areas plus they obviously have like yeah. their coaching badges and their licenses that they need to go through exactly. and then they can do this actually there's a very interesting trend where because as i said initially like football is becoming so tactically like sound right now players also need to be so like intelligent to yeah. go to the premier league and be in that level so recently like five players of the belgian national team got their coaching badges like yuri tilemans got his coaching badge like last wow. badges like last month he's, and he's 25 yeah, okay. wow. yeah and uh, tommy asu at arsenal is, did like a summer coaching session back in japan so like these like players are also like realizing that hey after after this i have you know a future in coaching like it's it's really incredible to see how those guys are trying to also gather all their knowledge from playing and and put that into football so i feel yeah in the next few years like managers first year managers will be ex footballers the support staff will be people who are outside football i mean okay uh, yeah we we'll, we'll yeah we'll get to that when we talk about the manager but i just want to from a club's benefit it definitely does work i suppose in one way like you mentioned that you already have the network established like a manchester city already have everything established so that is probably one fourth of your job done in terms of finances i suppose they are quite uh, sufficient or the the owners are quite well off uh, the same to do with newcastle united are well off it's just that you know they may not want to do it then chelsea are okay the premier league the you know bayern munich is a different thing because it's the 50 plus 1 but rb definitely has uh, as long as we love to drink red bull dietrich has an empire so yeah i think like it is it is easier to establish institutions like i'm i'm not sure again a tradition how easy it is to get like you mentioned real madrid probably linked up because it is easier that way and of course that we are open to that i suppose we are also open to the possibility that right now initially they will first link up with existing organizations see how it goes before they actually establish their own um but if anybody wants to take that step you know they have enough money the premier league in terms of just the amount you receive for winning championships or even being in the premier league is crazy just because of the tv broadcast rights and all that so they have enough to set up their establishments worldwide um arjun i just want to get your thoughts in terms of the managers that they get right for for the clubs that you know the managers that they get uh with the network do you think it's going to be easy to find places where they can sort of coach because you know there are, as people or clubs start opening up academies more people start becoming coaches so there's sort of more supply and then the demand remains sort of constant because there are only so many football clubs so i want to get your thoughts on what how the how the club would probably deal with that and also the cost of i know we spoke about accreditation and stuff like that so do you see that becoming a huge cost in for the club or you know just a minor something to get that they'll get by i mean 
I think even with the money in the Premier League now, like I don't think they can do that. I don't think they have the resources to open up an academy like right now. Even in ten years' time, okay. I don't think individual like unless they have a backing of a state. I don't think they can open up academies, hire people, get everyone accredited. Because as you said, there is a supply demand uh, like roadblock there, and it it is kind of interesting because you you have um. you have some um like managers who who go to certain clubs and who are very smart yeah. about the clubs they choose and that's because they go to clubs that suit their style of play now imagine like an individual who has no uh, experience in football he goes into an academy he learns the trade of that academy so let's say you and i go and join like this real madrid academy and we we understand how to play there like where can we practically use that to play like use th- that knowledge to play because now clubs will the interest for clubs to have an academy is to have a supply chain or like a, a conveyor belt of talent who understands their style of play yeah like essentially right like Fair if enough. if arteta leaves arsenal tomorrow the next guy who comes in will play the same way if yeah. pep leaves man city the next guy who comes in will play the same way and and that is because they try to you know find ways to get that done and but that would be a that would be a benefit for the club because you don't have to then chop and change the players that you keep buying and selling like we see in manchester united you have one play, one manager that you get who is so uh, attack minded then the next manager who comes who's defensive minded so you kind of you have to sell another five sort of five players buy another five players then he doesn't last long then you have to do that so that is definitely a benefit for the club yeah i, I just want to clear that up so yeah continue Yeah no it's a huge benefit for the club so uh, the, from the individual's perspective like there is so much demand that i don't really think that there is that opportunity for someone to go into that top level where you are the manager or the first team manager of a club if that happens yeah. again it's rarities right like how many yeah. people without even today without a football background of any sort has gone into that level so i think there are a lot of more lot more opportunities as football continues to perfect itself for support staff for the physios for the medical team for uh the anal- analytics team like all of these uh roles to be handled by people who are not into football per se and that's okay. where i see you know the huge market growth and the potential not with first team managers first team uh, fair enough because i feel like like you also mentioned like if we were to go to real madrid's academy and start training Okay, and get used to playing or be trained in Real Madrid system of uh, or style of play. There are only certain clubs in the world of football where you would actually work well or where it will work well. So, uh, you know, the cost of for the club is that I am investing so much in training people. Uh, A, it will work. The benefit is it will work for me because uh, as my current staff move on or they get jobs somewhere else i have i already have backup with me but the problem is if i'm happy with someone and there is a long gestation period say for 5 10 years you know people are still getting trained so i have to find places where they will actually you need a return on investment right that this is economics 101 where you need a return on investment so i need to find clubs where you know they will suit their style well if they don't work out then i have it's my headache as a club who is invested in their entire career or has got a contract with them that 
I have to then find a better place or find or help them find a better club where they can fit in. Yeah. Or I have to be well enough where a club is, you know, as uh, is ready to buy out the contract that the manager has with me, and I'm willing to sell him because it's not working. So it is like a player where you know I have to the player academy where I have to find the right club for the right player because I also want him to grow because I want then him to come and join my club. But at the same time, if that doesn't happen, then I I need a solution, and I feel that is the cost. And Alakrit, would you agree with me there? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do agree because you know you can only have one head coach, and you're you, you're going to give your head coach yeah. this time. So yeah, like, but even from you, a support staff, right? The head 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 coach. I know we don't analysts probably have. There's a lot more demand for it because you need much you need a lot of an analyst. Yeah. yeah, but for, even for like a support staff, you know, managers come with their own set of yeah. whatever so it's a team yeah um, but that team is just sure. a core team right like it's not it's not like they bring 50 people with them it's just a core team it's to dictate core of the yeah the the way the manager wants to put his stamp on the club true but i'm I, that like i said the other one sure i mean for data analytics and the other support staff it's a huge benefit for a manager uh, for a club who's invested in something like this the cost would be for the first team and that few bunch of people who you're not able to easily replace or you can't you need to find the right club uh so the cost is i'm and that probably is a good thing because the cost is then limited to certain roles only but yeah it's so also I, something that i'd say is like a risk reward sort of thing so for example take the city group again with they have like this is probably the best example because unlike rb which just has like four sister clubs at the moment city has yeah. a lot more so yeah. what they've done is they they have a much wider network of a conveyor belt coming in so they they are willing to take that much of a risk to see who actually fits their crown jewel so now that if guardiola leaves they might try a vera or an arteta if both of them fail they probably try an anga cuz like you no know, again from there and that's that's where they keep coming in like but once one guy succeeds He succeeds to a certain extent that they could probably recoup the amount that they would be losing out on certain talent. So I feel like there is a risk reward thing that they are playing for. Because how many I people guess. are going to succeed at the top job? Like it's not going to yeah. be the easiest thing to. That's true. Yeah, and I I suppose the ones with the la- largest network for them it's more of a benefit yeah. opening up things things like an yeah. institute because. they have more say for example like we said the city groups got everyone so they find uh, if they train someone they can send them to the mumbai city fc and isl mm-hmm. say you know go out there prove yourself at least in that league yeah. if that works well we take we move you up a step up the ladder and then let's see how it goes from there but like you mentioned i think uh, not everyone's going to succeed and that's the sad fact with football uh, manager roles is that no matter even if you train them to the best of their capabilities some aren't just going to work out and i guess in that case you for them it's lucky you have somebody else in the pipeline who you can replace them with until you reach the right person but it's the people who you who fail if you have a con- the reason why i'm saying is that the people who fail you have a contract with them so the cost is going to be trying to find them either pay out that contract and say okay you're now free agent go find yourself a place or you find you know you have to take that burden upon yourself to do that and i'm 
I think like Arjun mentioned, I don't know how feasible that, certainly not feasible anytime right now where they're going to start their own. But if they're going to invest in uh, in an existing academy like how Real Madrid has done, I suppose that is a stepping, a starting stone for them or a starting step uh, in this direction that we're talking about. Now let's move on to the next bit, which is the the clubs who can't afford to do this. Uh, in the scenario where you know City has established their own academy, but a Leicester or a New a West Ham can't afford to do it, and so they now the buyers of these managers or the the ones who are looking out for coaches, what is the benefit that they get, Arjun? Like, if say a new a West Ham United is looking for not only a head coach but even a support staff or anything, what is the benefit that they get from say a Manchester City or a Liverpool having their acad uh, their managerial academies out there? Yeah, do I they think, get any benefit? Yeah, I mean, I think they do because like. I mean, you, you use West Ham, but I'll take another Premier League club here, Brentford. Like, yeah. the the guy who owned Brentford was a gambler who, a Danish gambler who owns Brentford. Yeah. And wow. he owned a Danish club and moved to the Premier League and basically got rid of their academy. He got rid of their oh. youth academy and said, okay, yeah. I don't have enough money for that. I'm just going to use statistics. So, he hired a massive team of uh, analysts. To just say that, okay, on potential, what signings would be the best? So, it was a moneyball approach that Brentford used to get up from the third division to the Premier League. And now, those guys are now at Southampton and trying the same approach there. So, they're getting managers who and, and the management staff who actually have a certain style of play. And have mm-hmm. a certain way. So, exactly. Like, Thomas Frank and Hassan Huttel have both been in this job for a long time. And that's kind of what I'm trying to transition into by saying that as long as there's stability from management in, in football now, I think results will come. Like, the two most successful Premier League teams in the last decade are Man City and Lowe. Considering the style of the, And their managers have yeah. been there for 7-8 years. I don't think they would be, like, after today, like... I hope there wouldn't be any more like sackings in the top six in the Premier League because, yeah, I think all teams look pretty stable and have chosen a direction which they're going to. Uh, even even like these kind of clubs, the smaller clubs, if they get managers from somewhere else, they have the ability to choose the style they want to adapt to the to their team. So let's say now with uh, with Hassan Hotel, he's someone who's very renowned for like bringing in talent and trying yeah. to you know adapt his style of play. He's very like, yeah, malleable is not a nice word to use, but he's very flexible with the way he wants to uh, like set up his team. So before they had like a counter press uh, system and this year he's like, okay, calm down. That's not working. We're getting beaten like badly in some games. Let's not do that. Let's play a bit more controlled, a bit more reserved. So right now Southampton are playing that way. And I think they're playing okay. Like for someone who's starting up in a new uh, a new style of place, so to speak. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a reason why Twitter has a handle saying Southampton has Southampton been beaten nine nil or something like that. <laughs> yeah, today exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 despite that, the man, the owners are sticking with with uh, with the manager, and despite uh, yeah. there being a change in ownership, all of that, and that's because they want stability in 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 that way, and that's how you get uh, you know results to come. Like even Brighton, like they've. Their manager left, unfortunately, 
but they also use a stats based model and i'm sure grand plotter's like long term replacement will be someone who fits that model and suits the players and you know the way they recruit is yeah. incredibly smart so clubs like this are finding ways like the clubs who don't have that much money are finding ways to be like efficient and optimal and that's where the gap is also you know getting bridged to the top 6 because if a okay, club so like man united sorry to interrupt but like if a club like yeah. united wastes money right like let's just say wastes money on recruitment and a club like brighton are incredibly smart where they sell their left back for 60 million and buy even better left back for a fourth of the price like you know that's just smart recruiting and you you build a better team and you can bridge that gap to the top 6 so i think it's it's so, very beneficial for for smaller teams as well you know to uh, to have managers from bigger academies coming in okay all right now another way of that i was thinking of how they could benefit and anand you could agree or disagree with me here so uh no now i forgot lost the train of thought but say for example i suppose uh like adding on to arjun's stability okay let's talk with this uh, adding on to arjun's top uh, the team of having a having stability in the managerial road um would signing players from the academies help in that because these guys would obviously have contracts with that would probably be tougher to pay out on so for example the man city will want to have a contract with their academy manager saying that you know uh i'll put you you can go to this job but they will have to pay out your contract and this contract might be 30 million 20 million whatever depending on how good that manager is or how experienced he is and so the clubs below might probably go okay if i'm paying 20 million i might as well have him for the long term there's no sort of point in having him for a short term is that a benefit or in, in today's football terms you know even if a 20 million payout needs to be done if the guy doesn't work out he could be sacked a couple of years down the line is is ah uh, oh no i think it there needs to be that balance because uh, taking a small club like in germany for instance not all clubs are cash rich obviously like, yeah uh, so like club like freiburg or even union berlin yeah i don't know let's let's not only focus on the premier league <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair enough no yeah I, it's it's the thing is if if clubs like freiburg or hertha berlin has money so i mean for them but yeah union berlin like um these clubs they're paying 15 million cash or 20 million cash for a manager and he doesn't work out that is a sunken cost because they're not getting that money back and the results are not going their way and the only way they make money is if they if the results go their way so the reason why bayern is where bayern is at even with 50 plus 1 is because from management like arjun said from management there's been stability and how they achieve that is not just in the way they they win things they win things not just by buying talent from the league that's like it's a very skewed point uh what bayern's actually done is they've put systems in place and that's what is going to give you stability because that system ensures that there's very less randomness that happens so you know exactly what you want what you want and how to get it and that is what is constantly guaranteed success in growing the club's rep- reputation and that reputation has given them that brand of bayern munich and when dortmund beat bayern in the early 2010s that started to hurt the brand and that's when the club started to you know go ballistic and get pep guardiola to improve the system 
So when so now that's become like a model in Germany. Teams want. I love how being ballistic is going, getting a bald <laughs> Spanish dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean they gave him all the power. Like I mean, yeah, that's as, true. Up they up did. At that point, I'd never seen the board yeah. give so much power to a manager at Bayern. So when that happened, it was a sign that the system is changing and they're adapting to this new thing that oh, we've been beaten. Our brand is hurting, and in Germany, to be successful and get the revenues you want to compete with the Europeans. Who don't have this fifty plus one rule is only if your brand is not hurt. So now that has become the model in Germany for other clubs that only with good results do you get that brand built. So Union Berlin seems like this really cool underdog, happy hipster team that you want to support, and they would love it. And if that team hires someone from say the City Academy for fifteen million, and he flops, that starts to hurt their brand because it will. Hurt their results, so they're going to lose money from the next year's TV deal. They're going to lose players out to other clubs, and they're going to lose the brand that they've started to build. So, I think clubs will want to find that balance. If they're investing in someone, they want results, and that only happens when if you are on board with the same philosophy that the City Academy is trying to instill into their managers or their talents, whoever it may be. So, unless you want to go that approach, I don't yeah. think. This model is going to be for you. Yeah, to add, to add to that, like even the individual in this situation, like is not going to agree to a very high like release clause in their contract, right? Because yeah. if you're an assistant manager or a one of the assistants in Man City, you're not going to say, okay, I want to be paid twenty million. I mean, I would agree to be a club to yeah. pay me twenty million to be bought out because that's basically just like limiting your opportunities as an individual to go to clubs. So I don't even. Think the highest any manager has been paid out or bought out has been more than twenty million now. I I'll be surprised if it was. Thirty uh, was Nagelsmann. Thirty uh, is Nagelsmann. Thirty, yeah. Nagelsmann was thirty, yeah. But that is because Bayern were desperate. There was no big candidate out there, and uh, we needed enough. to replace Flick with someone who is. But again, he's a long-term appointment, right? So, and Bayern, yeah. I feel, have the ability to do that in, in the. in the mm-hmm. german league like i don't think any other team yeah. the german league could have gone out and done that so yep and right. it's definitely a long term appointment because the kind of investment that nagelsmann's getting it's yeah. it's very similar to what guardiola got when he came in. like he got so much power nagelsmann's getting that in different aspects they installed a huge tv so unless they're having this picture of nagelsmann staying here for at least 10 years that is like a complete waste because the next guy who comes in might yeah. not want that Yeah, so. probably use it for good watch-alongs. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, but but let's let's another sort of benefit that I suppose the the clubs could get is that they know that these managers that they're getting, they are of a certain standard. And say, for example, like we mentioned, like Real Madrid, Man City, these guys could have could say that we're better than what UEFA is providing you. So if the standards are that good, and if they've seen evidence of that standard being implemented i'm not saying that they blindly take into faith like oh man city has started its own academy they're saying it's better so might as well let's go no i'm saying if they've seen the benefits of that then they know that what they're getting even if it's a little more expensive uh for a manager for a real manager if it's probably 10 million as a release clause even if they want to get that manager then great they know that they're getting someone who is uh, of that standard and of course uh has Uh, is trained in the sort of style that they want. I'm not saying that they're just getting any person from any just from Man City because it's Man City. They are also 
they play that style and they want a manager who's trained in that style. It could be Man City, it could be Leipzig, it could be any of these clubs, Inter Milan, AC Milan, anyone. So that is obviously a benefit. Now the benefit also from, I, we're talking about clubs who aren't in the network. Now for clubs in the network, like the sister clubs, for them I see a benefit because they don't need to worry about having to you know, scour the world for a manager who is well-trained. Uh, Mumbai City is probably going to be playing or will be will be told to play a certain style the manchester city style if you know by and they will be handed it i think i don't know about you guys but i feel like you know for sister clubs i feel like they'll be handed it handed these managers rather than them having to say i want this city themselves the main parent group might be like we're giving you this manager uh, because we think he is benefit good for you and i feel like that might be a cost for the sister club like because the choice is no longer theirs uh and this is for i'm think talking about clubs who have uh, who are sister clubs or who have been you know established as part of the group and now i'm not partnership club like if i just partner with another club i'm i'm not i don't have any say about who they want uh so for them i suppose the cost isn't that much but i feel like for a for like a leipzig if Leipzig says, Salzburg, I am giving you this manager because I feel like this manager is going to do well, Salzburg will not be able to say no because it is part of the Red Bull brand. I, Arjun, I want to get, would you agree with me on that? Like for a sister club that might, the benefits are, I don't have to look for anybody because I know who I'm getting. Uh, so that way I'm sort of sorted. But I probably can't have a say. I don't know what the contract agreements are. Now, this is again, I'm assuming that you can't say no and you are handed. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, if you look at the sister clubs that are being spoken about, right, like, they're not, like, Man City's sister club is not, like, Valencia or Villarreal. They're a little, with all due respect, a tier below them, or maybe two tiers below them. Um, so, I don't think in that pyramid, they uh, put themselves above, uh, the interests of their, their club isn't above the pyramid, it's below Man City's. So I think in that situation, whatever Man City's interests are directly trickles down to, to you know, Girona. And even for Red Bull, like so many players have moved from Salzburg to Leipzig. And what has Salzburg received? Yeah, I mean, good scouting and getting the next uh, conveyor belt going, right? So, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think they have signed up for that when they're part of that pyramid. I think that's just an unfortunate or fortunate circumstance. But I mean, if you look right now, how much, yeah, maybe another mid-table team in Spain struggles to just stay afloat and survive. I think Girona have it so so much better, right? Because they have, they don't have that fear. Like their problems are very different from a, a problem of another like low to mid-table Spanish team. Like, yeah. if, if yeah. they need a player on loan, they get... Douglas Luiz from Man City and not uh, having to go to the third division of Spain and getting a player. So it it does it does have its ups and uh, like good and bad. But yeah, I think overall like this is where you see football going to as well. Like for clubs with money and for clubs who are like I feel like even like Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, like clubs like this, you 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 will have to find ways to get to that level. Or to break that monopoly or duopoly that's at the top of a league. And each club oh. are doing it in their own yeah. ways. 
Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Let's talk about now the manager themselves, right? Uh, so the individual themselves. What are the benefits that one gets? So obviously, you can go now to any of these institutes. You'll get trained properly. Uh, UFR, FIFA accredited institutions. You will get a pro- proper license to coach. That's all fine. Or you'll have a proper, you know, your data analytics coach. Uh, your data analytics coaching is top class, top tier already. What is the added benefit that you would get if a certain club owns that particular institution? Um, Alankrit? Pedigree. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest reason why. Like, I mean, for a normal person like you and me, why do we choose to study at XYZ University? Pedigree. Like, you, the way the the market functions beat any sort of employment that you're doing. You you get recruited from certain universities because employers trust the kind of education you receive. And when City says that we have this academy, we have taught them with th- these levels of infrastructure and this type of education, which is on par, maybe even better than what FIFA and UFI does. And here's the evidence to show how they're performing. That's enough. Like that's the first proof for like employers to hire you and for normal Joes like us who are not from a football back that gives us the opportunity to work in football and that's why you join these academies so I think that whole package works for a manager especially who's not from football and for a guy from football I guess you already have the necessary background you're now getting your education and you get maybe a a kickstart because you've already got that reputation and you, you got this education you might get a better job than what you and I might get, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still just the same recruitment model. How how it works? Like you, you'd be treated as the guy who's the expert. And Arjun would, as an individual, uh, whether it be ex-player or a general common public person, would you be willing to? Because once you're in a club's academy, you are basically their property, or like we mentioned, there will be some sort of contract. I'm not talking about release clause and all of that, but there will be a contract with that club saying. You are now under our umbrella or our ownership, something like that, or our our control. And I want to know, you know, would you be, as a person, I, I, I suppose would you would be very person, but would a person be okay to be under, be controlled by that, by a particular club in and have the club sort of decide their career or where they're going, their path? Uh, so that's, I suppose, going to be part of the trust process that uh, an individual has on the club. Yeah, I think it it depends, right? Because like, if you're part of an infrastructure within a club, it's in the club's best interests to see that you do well, because yeah. they get money from you from another club who wants to eventually buy you up, right? And from a club's perspective, I don't think any club will want to keep someone who isn't. Uh, doesn't want to stay there uh, at any level because that just creates like uh, a clash and I think no no one wants that especially in a professional organization so especially in like management higher-ish high-ish management levels I don't think anyone would would do that uh, in fact like I think because this industry is kind of newish, like 30 years ago none of this existed right yeah like because it's kind of newish, I think people look for support more often than dividing. Like they try to 
like Jesse March has done lectures with UEFA or something recently. So it's not that he's still within the Red Bull model and, you know, not sharing his knowledge elsewhere. So I think, I think that isn't really something of a worry for a candidate, especially because you are getting the best like resources. It's like any of us joining a university, right? Like if you're not happy there, we have the choice to go somewhere else. Or if we do so badly or if you're so unhappy where we don't want to, we just drop out and, you know, don't continue that program. So I don't think it's to that level where, yeah, I mean, it's, it hurts individuals because at the end of the day, they get access to more in- information and they get opportunities in football much easier. So I think the only benefits from any of this, from, you know, opening up uh, knowledge gates, you can call it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, all right. Now let's end this particular segment with the most pertinent question, which is, if would you enroll with a, a, a club established institution? Uh, why? If yes, why? If no, why not? Uh, Arjun, let's start with you, sir. Would Arjun Raja enroll himself into an Arsenal-established institution? Not only, I'm not talking about like for first manager, first team manager, but for even like a support staff, would he be okay to enter it with that, you know, that uh, sort of, I wouldn't say... Control. I mean, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Like, I, I get yeah. your question. Like, I think I I would if that exists. Like, I, I don't think that exists right now. So, obviously not. But, like, if... Uh, uh, it's all uh, hypothetical right now, exists, but... Then, yes. Yeah. Like, definitely. Because I think, uh, specifically for Arsenal, like, not to drag on too much, but for Arsenal, like, they have a structure right now in place where, you know, they're communicating better to fans what they're trying to do. And uh, with that infrastructure comes like some sort of assurances. And I'm sure like with an, like if they were to open an academy, it will be with a particular brand of football. And right now, like there is so much of a connect between the fans and the team and the players manager because the team generally excites them. So I think going to an academy, like an Arsenal academy will definitely be beneficial for managers because there is a very established academy already for players and that is quite successful like today so i don't see why not if if that were to be in in a managerial uh like parallel okay i want to i want to continue on this because say a couple of years ago when things weren't rosy would you have still gone in with it just because like everything is established like say, uh, for i would have gone in yeah. i think uh i i, I think it depends when if you asked me when Arsene Wenger was in charge, probably no. If when Una Emery was in charge, no. But when Edu joined, I think yes. Because I think so he's set up... Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, because okay. I think he's set up the infrastructure in such such a way that it's very well defined. Like, And the new... I mean, the Kronke family have taken full control of the club in 2018. So, you know, yes. since then, they have had the chance to kind of implement their own philosophy in whatever way they seem fit and yeah now they're also like from a player perspective they're also tapping into the US market a lot uh, so you know things like this and I think right now there is so much clarity and potential so even if they were not doing so well when Arteta's first season I probably would have said yes Fair enough I think yeah uh, it was the infrastructure that you were looking at 
yeah fair play that like, is if it's a professional important. like decision that decision, i want yeah. to take for my career then yes yeah fair enough uh, yeah i'm taking that you want to get into that role just not like for yeah, any yeah, yeah. hypothetical is you want to get there is such an academy and the institution is yeah. fair enough that is something that i'm leaving to be variable uh, but the fixed thing is you are interested and in it is the alankit the same question for you would alankit chanka go to a bayern a bayern munich i don't i'm don't i'm not going to say it in german german because i don't know what the term is for <laughs> institute and uh for management is but would you would he enroll in that yeah 100% because um i i'm i'm quite passionate about sport and if i have have the chance to do some sort of work for you know the club of my dreams i would take that opportunity especially if that club has an academy and it's giving me that education to you know show my skills hone my skills show my skills and one day get employed by them if if i of the level they deem they need so yeah i would definitely join there's a very similar parallel in cricket if you don't mind me digressing for a minute like go ahead there's a very there's a very similar parallel in cricket like rajasthan royals they have set up this sort of academy for almost every aspect of cricket analytics and cricket management and everything and they partner with deakin university in australia so what they're doing is very similar to what this question is would would people want to join such an academy and why and the reason is this gives you the education it shows that you have the passion and ultimately you develop the skills to maybe get employed by them so it is very lucrative as a proposition to me and yeah i would definitely do it all right great awesome <laughs> I, um i don't know i i from an analytics perspective yeah uh, if i'm managerial i uh, it's going to be tough man i i feel like i'll fret a lot about where i'm going to be and how like the, the reason is like which you know place i want to be in and you know how well i'll be suited to adapt so i think i'll be, i'll fret a lot about it it'll be exciting i'm i'm not going to lie it'll be really really exciting to work for liverpool or to be hired by liverpool even if it's not for the main liverpool football club but just to be sort of have that that aspiration that one day i could be uh but i think my role would probably be a lot more uh support staffish than it will be first team manager um data analytics i'd love to be part of the recruitment team or you know where they're doing a lot on data analytics that'll just be a lot of fun because that's where the fun is actually yeah. to yeah without the you know the fuss of being on the pitch and having to do all that manager managerial stuff um but yeah i feel that yeah that's where my uh thing but as a whole yeah i probably i probably look into it i think the structure wise i think we have is is all right i don't think i can't really think of whether we've really structured it in a way that we've got something like a city football club I, in networking we are still way behind so i think that's again something to think about but i think with it for a chance if i if i dreamt of it if i if i wanted to do that and if it's there yeah why not give it a shot and try and see how it goes but all right so the, i suppose the last question now that i have is will there be a commercialization of managers will we see it you know clubs making huge profits on players using them as another source of income or as a revenue stream it's not i mean unlike 
I don't think I don't know if it's going to be the same level as players where you know you can have m- many of them. But given that there are a lot of academy graduates that you could probably sell off, uh, you know, this sounds like slavery over here, but you know, it is commercialization of people. And like for example, you've got ten people in one batch. You take two people, the top two, you take them for yourself, and the rest eight, you are willing to sell it off, sell them off to. other clubs and that is where you somewhat get you could earn a profit from that because you've invested x and you're now getting a return of x plus whatever so arjun i want to get your thoughts is there a possibility and it may be 10 to 15 years down the line but is there a possibility that this could be a reality for us mm, i don't think commercializing or commercialization of managers would uh, purely because i don't okay. think the numbers add up like i don't think a club in a lower division would pay like huge amounts of money uh even yeah. even like a third of what bayern paid for nagelsmann i don't think they pay like 10 million for a manager because i don't think that's just, i don't think that's sustainable um i think it'll it'll be maybe small sums of money uh like below a million which in football terms is not a lot especially for the top division but i think lower divisions i think there is there will be a footballing pyramid where managers can be can get into those jobs without having experience like footballing like being playing experience in football and stuff so i think yes and no like it will be commercialized from universities point of view where universities will take a lot of money to you know uh, give people a degree and things like this but yeah. i don't think uh, foot, they will have like release clauses for like crazy amounts of money I I I okay. just can't see that happen. Alankrit? Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think that small clubs would be willing to buy players of academy, I mean by managers of academies because whatever budget they have they'll want to expend that on player recruitment mostly because that's that's what is going to get them results. So uh, a manager, a good manager, I mean, obviously, is going to. It's not results. It is results. Results, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A good, good manager is going to accelerate the process, but not, Fair not enough. you know, it's not worth a ten million investment or when they could have gotten a player for that much money. But the uh, one way it would work is what, like how Arjun said, when you know the universities can take you on for a certain fee, and then they can maybe help you get a platform. That's probably where the commercialization could happen, but. I don't see clubs buying you. I think he's stuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do we do we carry on this without? Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's back. yeah. He's back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just completely. This is the second time it's happened during this tour. Just completely blocked off. But uh, all right. So the I said this was the last question, but actually something just popped out. Uh, popped into my mind. Ah. Uh, Shouldn't not have said popped out, but yeah, popped into my mind. Now uh, we talking. We spoke about clubs, you know, establishing institutions. What if the Premier League themselves were to do? Is that a possibility? Like the Premier League, the Bundesliga have one have invested in one proper probably Premier League academy where any of these clubs could probably hire from. The Bundesliga does the same, and La Liga, like the leagues themselves, have these establishments. Uh, Alankrit, I want to get your thoughts. Is that i mean something that we haven't sort of i haven't thought about maybe you have but is that something that could be possible i can see an attraction to it because um it 
it probably is more cost effective for them because they could get these guys trained and up to a very good level with the philosophy that they want the league to play in but again that's not going to work in a league wise sort of mentality because you're not going to have all 20 teams or 17 teams playing the same philosophy yeah. like you know you you have AS Roma in Serie A who's still playing the Jose Mourinho type you know like defensive counter attacks and then you have Atlanta who's like completely different like the opposite end spectrum so uh there is an attraction to the league setting up an academy but they'll have to have different philosophies working in it so then maybe you could see that you know you have a pool of from where you can recruit talent but like i don't i don't see like working if it's just one philosophy probably they have an academy just to hire english for their national team so england if yeah, yeah. we have yeah. uh yeah or they set up 20 different academies for 20 different styles of play out there uh arjun i want to get your thoughts also on this yeah exactly that i was about to say that it it makes complete sense if they're hiring for their national team because they can then define that process as well but yeah i i don't see how the fa themselves would benefit if they just have a whole talent pool and they don't get anything from that like uh yeah i mean i don't and i also see football becoming a bit more decentralized like mm-hmm. uh, as we spoke like i think this whole like podcast is about that right like was about how like clubs own or have an authority over their recruitment process and style and i think that's how that's where it's heading towards and away from centralization more so i don't see uh, unless it's for their national teams i don't see like fa is having like an academy like this because again you as of today you still have to get like your uefa coaching badges and stuff like this to even be eligible to join clubs so i think that's as far as it will go i i, I don't see any more uh, advancement there all right great so i guess that's where we stand with what we were what the whole topic was which is setting up manager academies whether they are feasible whether they work where, you know who, what are the benefits what are the costs for each of the parties the party that is setting up these establishments or investing in them the parties that are that can't but or the sister clubs who will probably be looking at these academies as a buyer uh, and of course the managers themselves so we probably got i, I suppose this is probably a very thorough overview of what our opinions are on this particular topic so but if you have anything differing that you want to that you think about this particular topic uh, if you think that you know uh academies are only going to be beneficial only going to be only worse than the already existing footballing ecostructure then fair enough let us know in the comments down below you can let us know even on twitter and instagram when i post these um the post about the uh, about the episode so yeah do check it out uh, also do follow us on instagram twitter and facebook the ads uh, the Uh, user IDs are on the screen right here. You can also check us out on YouTube and for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other platform where you listen to audio podcasts. Uh, we normally only uh, release this particular series on the audio version, so uh, go check it out. You can check out our previous years as well, where we've not only done this, we've done other series as well. So you can go check it all out on these podcast platforms. do hit the like button comment share and subscribe to the youtube channel uh, and also we'd love to hear from you if you want to be a part of the podcast as well 
But I guess that's about it for episode one. Thank you, Alankrit and Arjun, for being a part of this episode. It was certainly, I mean, a really interesting start off for season four. Um, I think, uh, you know, couldn't have gotten any better in terms of the discussion here. I think we've covered all of our points that we wanted to, all of the, you know, the, yeah, basically all the points. Any, I don't think we missed out on too much. And yeah, I can't wait to hear you hear from you, and I can't wait to host you soon in the near future. Whether it be for similar stuff, or when we're doing watch-alongs, or we're doing like tier listing stuff, and even for our in-depth interviews with our guests, which both of you I know are going to be part of. So I uh, can't wait to do all of that. And yeah, like I said, can't wait to see you all soon. Yeah, likewise. This has been fun, and I can't wait for the next time. Definitely. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this as well, and uh, yeah, hope to hope to be back soon for this. Yeah, definitely, and we've got a couple of more really interesting episodes panned out. I suppose I can give you a spoiler alert or a little sneak peek. I think the next episode might be on India's ban from the from FIFA, so the AIFF ban, and then their subsequent return. And then we're also be talking about the newly introduced uh, Premier League se- sexual orientation training that these players have to go about go through. Uh, yeah, it's something that skipped everyone's sort of mind. It came up on Twitter and it's sort of just gone under the radar because there were a lot of transfers during that point. You know, the transfer season was still in its heydays. So it's something that we will be discussing also as to why it was released at such an odd time and, uh, you know, why it wasn't picked up and like really blossomed into something that boomed into something huge. So we'll discuss all of that, including all the recent incidents as well. So. I guess that's about it for, but that is, that'll come next week or so. But that's it for episode one of season four of the FFS podcast. You've been fantastic. I'm your host, Praddy, once again. You take care and see you.